0: Hello, this is Pacific Waves from RNZ Pacific. sweet Coming up. The today is a landmark decision. Suspension of Samoa's opposition leaders found to be lawfully wrong. Also, Fiji's budget's considered to be balanced. And later... Another one
1: asked me for 500 kini to help pay the rent for the next month.
0: A priest in PNG wants a fund set up for victims accused of sorcery. Samoa Supreme Court has declared Parliament's suspension of the opposition Human Rights Protection Party leader, Tuilaipa Sailile Malile Ngaoi, and Party Secretary Leala Ilepule Ayafi unconstitutional. Lydia Lewis has the latest.
2: Chief Justice Satio Simativa Perese and Justice Leatawa Lesa Darrell Clark say the decision by Parliament to suspend the two MPs for two years breached the constitution. Samoa's former Prime Minister Tuilaepa has described it as a landmark decision today
1: is a landmark decision.
2: He says it reaffirms that the right of free speech of all parliamentarians should be respected.
1: It greatly helped our parliament to be aware that the right of all the parliamentarians, the right of free speech, should be respected. And I am happy that the Speaker and the government, especially the leader, must recognise now the rule of law
2: and must be respected. The two Human Rights Protection Party MPs must now be reinstated. They are entitled to be paid their remuneration and the allowances that were withheld on account of the terms of the suspension.
0: All eyes were on Fiji's leaders last week, who said Fiji's budget was all about rebuilding the country's economy. To find out how well Sitiveni Rambuka's administration did in finding a fine balance, Rachel Nath spoke with the University of the South Pacific senior lecturer in economics, Dr. Nilesh Gounder.
2: Bula, Dr. Gounder, thank you for joining us. Now, a significant moment for Fiji receiving this rebuilding together budget on Friday.
3: Uh, yes, Bula, Rachel. Yeah, the government has been has been able to provide a, a, a delicate balance uh, given the difficult fiscal uh, fiscal scenario. So going into the budget, there were a lot of concerns regarding the high debt level and how the government is going to balance uh, revenue and expenditure given the, um, given the debt level. But I think it has managed to do a, a good job uh, given the difficult uh, fiscal situation.
2: Do you feel the People's Coalition government delivered on the economic targets or the promises that were made before the budget announcement?
3: Yes, the, before the budget, the Prime Minister had actually uh, indicated that this is going to be a, a, a tough budget and that tough choices uh, will have to be made. I think he was referring to the increase in, in value of the tax from 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 nine to to fifteen percent on 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 most of the items at the same time the the government has been able to maintain um, zero rate on on 21 items which uh, which uh, was already there but they've added one more to that list and which is uh, which is prescribed uh, prescribed medicine so uh, i think they have been able to deliver on 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 what the promises that that were actually made uh, during the during the elections for for instance uh, one of the commitments of the one of the members of the coalition government was uh, abolition of of uh, cash educational loans uh, scheme uh, loans or debt so yes that has been abolished which is uh, which will provide relief to 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 around 30000 students and their and their families but on the on the on the, on, the, on the fiscal side of things uh, the government has already started uh, a, a medium term strategy to reduce uh, debt level, for instance uh, by end of July next year, the debt to GDP ratio will come down to around seventy nine percent which is um, a reduction of six percent of uh, debt to gdp level and I think it's really important to 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 consider reducing debt in the in the in the short to medium term because mm. uh, a high debt level will reduce uh, government 's uh, flexibility in terms of uh, the ability to deal with um, uh, external shocks or, or natural disasters.
2: Right. So, so walk walk us through what we can see. Like, will will we see a significant shift in the debt repayments within this four years of this government's um, you know time? Yeah. So debt debt repayments actually fluctuates
3: uh, over the years, but this year it's one of the highest repayments, which is uh, which is close to a billion dollars. Uh, which means that if we are collecting uh, $3.7 billion in revenue, $1 billion will actually go towards uh, debt servicing, which is a huge sum. So mm-hmm. if, if the debt is not controlled and the debt continues to grow, we are going to see similar scenarios in the future where more and more revenue that is generated will be going towards debt debt servicing requirement. So I think the government has set the ball rolling in terms of debt uh, debt reduction so that in the medium term, it's able to rein the debt levels to to sustainable mm. uh, sustainable levels.
2: Right. Okay. Now let's talk about what you think. Um, you know, this government couldn't deliver on. But were there promises that weren't met in this budget?
3: So I think uh, there were a lot of talks about uh, investment in, 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 in health and health and 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 roads and other infrastructure. They made a a, a good start in terms of uh, health uh investment but more certainly will be required if we are to bring uh health standards up to international standards uh, we are just beginning to see an effort in terms of uh, uh investment in, in infrastructure but also investment that was supposed to be made 10 years ago 20 years ago so it's, it's, it's going to be a catch-up game more to say uh, in terms of uh, investment into into health uh, health infrastructure and health services but more certainly will be will be needed in
2: the near future, right. and how would you have interpreted that like what could have the government done in this budget to address these issues more more strongly?
3: I think a a, a, a more or a larger allocation to health uh, would have made more sense given that there is a lot of uh, investment that is needed in in improving infrastructure but also strengthening uh, health services. Moreover, uh, if uh, the salaries of, of, of civil servants uh, were taken care of, uh, it would have been great as well, because we are seeing an increased rate of migration from Fiji. So a higher salary would have, would have been able to reduce some of that. It's, it's not possible to reduce migration to a large extent, because if people uh, want to migrate for, for economic reasons or, or better quality of life, uh, nobody will be able to stop them. But we could reduce the rate of uh, rate of migration uh, with uh, with better wages and back better working facilities.
2: Just on the back of this, can we talk about what do you think you know the decisions on the various sector allocations are? like you mentioned, health could have received a bit more. Uh, but just generally, maybe talking about the big ticket items, what do you feel? So
3: the, the, uh, the, the key sectors in Fiji's economy include um, uh, services. Tourism is one of those services. But then there's also agriculture and, 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 and manufacturing. So there is a strong focus on, on, on tourism. The tourism marketing grant has been increased to $30 million. And, and uh, it's, it's, it's recognising that, more marketing needs to be done so that Fiji's tourism industry uh, continues to be competitive and is able to attract uh, tourists. There's also a focus on agriculture, which is important, uh, since uh, 30 to 40% of the people still live in rural areas and connected to agriculture. Majority of the people whom we have defined as living in poverty uh, live in rural areas and are connected to agriculture. So focus Mm -hmm. on agriculture is important. But more could have been allocated for agriculture and provided for that could have uh, been important to the agriculture sector, given the importance Mm -hmm. of the agriculture sector in terms of uh, improving the lives of people in rural areas and also uh, in in order to make a dent on, on, on poverty.
0: The president of Papua New Guinea's Divine Word University is calling for the establishment of a fund to help the victims of sorcery accusations. Accusing people of sorcery is a common occurrence in PNG, and while some of those unjustly accused die, others survive but wind up homeless and penniless. Father Philip Gibbs has been an advocate for the victims of sorcery-related violence for many years and wants to see this fund set up. He spoke with Don Wiseman.
1: Well, For a start, we need more preventative work, but uh, that's a bit late for the victims, isn't it? For the victims, I was envisaging some sort of managed funding they could draw upon for things like medical costs and school fees, things like that, that are a real burden for the victims who are still living, the ones that survived and are still alive. I find them expressing their need a lot. Like just this morning, I got news from one, she's got to go and see a surgeon this afternoon at the hospital and probably mean another operation. And so she probably need another 500 kina to be able to have the operation. And another one asked me for 500 kina to help pay the rent for the next month because these people can't live at home anymore. They're rejected by their families. So they're living somewhere else and paying rent and then comes the school fees. So I just feel that uh, if there could be some sort of managed fund, but it would have to be probably managed. And uh, I'm having all sorts of difficulties <laughs> managing just trying to be a helper at the moment, but there would have to be more formalized somehow.
2: Money generated from where, do you think?
1: I think the government, together with some agencies, probably churches would be willing to uh, contribute to something if it was set up properly. The problem is in Papua New Guinea, funds often tend to disappear. It's very difficult to have a properly managed fund in a place like this.
2: How many people are in a situation at this point across PNG as a result of sorcery attacks?
1: Well, it would be people would be in different situations. There would be some who are genuine refugees who are living as refugees, and I would say that they would number in the hundreds, if not the thousands, because many of them, for instance, would have escaped to a place like Lay or Port Moresby, try to get away from the situation that they've been in. I'd say there'd be, uh, we're talking about well over a thousand people. I haven't counted them myself. Uh, I personally would have contact with uh, about 20, I suppose.
2: Yes, yeah, so it would need to be a substantial fund.
1: It would need to be substantial. If, uh, if, if it's going to really be effective, yes, it would need to be substantial.
2: You touched on the matter of attempts to stop these sorcery-related attacks. Where are we at? Is the situation getting worse or better?
1: It's difficult to say either that we're certainly becoming more aware of them. I think the publicity about such cases has increased so that we hear more about cases now than we did before. And we realize now that it's more widespread, there, whereas before they might have pointed out to one or two highlands provinces or something like that. And now we realize, no, no, it's, it's happening in coastal places as well and, and uh, so on. So... The government has uh, done a a commendable job of setting up a permanent committee, a parliamentary committee, and I was asked to come and speak to that committee recently and I was there with a number of um, very good people. I wouldn't put all my eggs in that basket, but... It's good to have it at that level where there's actually now a permanent committee with some very good people on it. So, um, brought it to the uh, the attention of the government and they've spoken pretty uh, honestly about the funding and how the previous funding was just not used properly. And I was there when they were grilling the, the government people who'd uh, received the funding and not used it properly. We hear the stories and, and, and you think everything's okay and then bang, it comes out again. So... Yeah, I, I, I'm unable to say whether it's getting worse or getting better. It's still a problem, especially when someone dies and then they're looking around for the reason why that person's died and then they start pointing the finger at people. I don't want to give a pessimistic picture about Papua New Guinea. Papua New Guinea is a wonderful place, but there are some aspects of life which are, are really um, very painful, very, very sad, huh?
0: That's Pacific Waves for today. To listen back, head over to rndeedeye.com slash programs. You can also download us on Apple, Spotify and iHeartRadio podcasts. From myself and the team here at RNZ Pacific, Tulfa Soy Four.